Hello all, hello all, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. I am your host, Officer Antoine Thomas. That is me. I'm excited to bring the show to you today. We are going to be discussing some great things that involves law enforcement, something that is very and extremely important to the uh, not only the public, but also to the people um, who actually wear these devices, people, um, and I'm speaking of the police officers, male and uh, female, who make up the law enforcement community, who wear this device that, um, in this day and time, we see that it is very beneficial and it saves lives. What am I talking about? I'm talking about body-worn cameras. We're going to be discussing that today. But before I do that, I want to say, if you had not had the opportunity to listen to the last episode of season one. And it was a great show. I brought a buddy of mine on the show, Julio Samuel, um, Samuel who was uh, very important to the conversation. Uh, he brought some intricate parts and uh, views to, and interesting views to the conversation as it relates to um, convicted felons' rights. So you got to go back and listen to that. We discussed in detail uh, the ramifications involving a convicted felon as it pertains to their gun rights, uh, being able to legally possess a firearm, which at this date and time, uh, convicted felons are not able to do that. However, uh, there is legislation that uh, at some point can come forth with the right people advocating. And if you go back to that show, you'll hear me talking to uh, Mr. Julio telling him that he needs to get before uh, some great people who are willing to sit down at the table and discuss those matters about how to restore um, convicted felon gun rights, especially people who have proven to be uh, law-abiding citizens, who have been proven to be upstanding citizens. Uh, and so you have to go back and listen to that show. That was the last show in uh, season four. So you got to go back and listen to it. Last episode of season four, uh, episode 10, again, titled Convicted Felons Legal Rights. You got to go back and listen to that. Now, I want to kick this particular show off with a bang. Again, we see across the country um, officer involved incidents. Of course, we saw last month with um, the Tyree Nichols incident in Memphis, Tennessee, where the officers acted very selfishly, uh, unprofessional, um, and very malice and intentionally um, trying to harm an individual that ended up costing him his life. So you have to go back and listen to um, the case if you hadn't heard much about it or watch some of the interviews that have been said and also look at that body footage, body-worn camera footage is exactly what we're going to be discussing today. There are pros and cons in the body-worn uh, body cameras um, situations, okay? You have pros, you have cons. It, it appears to me with much research, it appears that the pros outweigh the cons as it pertains to body-worn cameras. Let me be the first to tell you that um, at the conception or maybe when it became very largely accepted here in North Carolina 
as to uh, agencies adopting the body-worn camera um, expectations, I call it, and uh, creating policy around it that said that we shall wear body cam. I wasn't really in favor of body cams really throughout my career, never had one. However, uh, back in 2019 really is when I started wearing body cameras. And I can tell you that I, I, I know myself, of course, I think everybody would agree that they know their own selves and they know what strikes them, they know what gets them upset. But I can only speak for myself. I know myself and I know what levels of um, anger I, I, I have to take to ultimately get to a point where I, I lose control. And I said that to say that uh, in law enforcement, you have to be willing to uh, start off at the bottom with your with your emotions, meaning that you can't let things bother you. I'm one of those guys. It takes a lot to get me upset, but once I'm there, I'm there. And the reason why I bring that up is because uh, body cams have been proven to show officers' um, emotions, their uh, wrongful intentions or right intentions. Uh, the body cam shows where uh, both parties, the citizen and the uh, law enforcement officer that are having interaction, uh, whether that interaction goes good or whether it goes bad. So the body camera obviously shows you all this. I particularly were not in favor of body cams because I felt like it was uh, opening up doors that really didn't need to be opened up for, of course, future complaints or uh, leadership or, as we like to say, in law enforcement command staff. Um would look at the body camera footage in, in a particular incident and, and even without warrant uh, try to nitpick and scrutinize what the officers did. And, and, and with more research and now bringing it up to speed, um, we see that body cams help more than they hurt. Now, they're a great tool, great tool as it pertains to citizens' complaints, um, wrongful allegations and things like that. It also is a great tool to see what the officers are doing, and also a great tool if officers um, are one who enjoys stopping uh, driving while impaired um, drivers. That actually gives an opportunity to go back if the camera's obviously activated and look at step-by-step, step. and those play huge uh, roles in when it's time for the prosecution or the court to have a trial on a person who's pleading not guilty to a DWI. This allows the officer to have play-by-play -play and also helps he or she remember um, things that they necessarily didn't take in consideration at the time they were going through the process, or as we call it, SFSTs, um, standardized field sobriety testing. This allows the officer to go back and look at um, the errors that that person made um, or it helps even corroborate their story that that person was impaired. So body cams are used for many different things. Now, while body cams are so popular these days, um, in the wrap-up, I, I, I will discuss why that is and also the funding process of body cams. We know that uh, they're not cheap. However, it is a great investment. I'll talk about the federal grants that are out there for law enforcement agencies to be able to purchase body cams if they're, if they're a small um, department in nature, how they can access funds to be able to purchase body cams if their set budget it does not allow or is not to the amount that they need it to be to purchase these items. There are federal funding out there for body cams. Now, what I do want to discuss is where did body cams originate? 
interesting enough, it was, um, according to the American Police Officers Alliance, this article that I'm going to read from was uh, published back in January 2nd, 2018. And it states that body-worn video has both helped curtail use of force and also improve community relations, which is uh, what I said to you a moment ago, but also prevents and uh, helps prohibit the risk of police officers who may be faced with the decision to use deadly force, which is a huge one. And not only deadly force, just force in general, when uh, it actually may be needed. Of course, we know that um, many people around the country, I'm not even just going to say cop haters, but people in general believe that officers make wrong decisions when they use deadly force to kill people without their training, without knowledge of knowing what we go through on a day-to-day -day basis. They implement or they uh, imply things that shouldn't be implied as it pertains to, oh, why did that officer take this, uh, took that person's life? But body cam helps us understand and know where the risks were. Um, it, it even helps us understand that that officer actually gave verbal commands to a person um, wielding a gun or a person who's approaching him with a knife, uh, things like that. Body cams help that, okay? Again, it also helps that community engagement. So uh, what we thought would be helpful, according to the um, police alliance here, they stated to provide a brief background into the use of the technology and how it was cropped into uh, stories. And what they did, they put out stories throughout the year to address body cams, make people more familiarized with them, and help them understand that a body camera is a beautiful tool that can be used properly if the officer is obviously activating his or her um, body camera. Now, keep in mind, not every situation, and, and, and you will talk about police officers' policies or department policies, not every situation uh, will um, need to be addressed using a body camera. Hence, changing a tire. Officer wouldn't necessarily need to activate their body camera to change a tire. Yes, it is a community engagement. It is a community um, incident where they are helping out a said citizen. But body cams are mostly used in events where you go into domestics. You have uh, you've been called to a situation that may at some point warrant a investigation or at some point could involve um, details that would uh, go further into why officer made a decision that they made. And even and I would even take a step further. Again, your complaints uh, when citizens are launching complaints on officers, whether it is substantiated or whether it is um, a granted complaint, body cams help us understand, as we know, neither you or I, um, speaking of police chiefs included, captains, whatever it may be, who reviews this internal affairs, they were not at the scene at the time of the incident. So body cam helps us pretty much reenact the scene and show exactly what took place. Now, body cams encompasses an array of different things. You got your audio, you have your photo, you have video recording. All these devices make up the body-worn camera, uh, which is worn by the law enforcement personnel. Now, body cameras are used to record any event where law enforcement is involved and is one of the key methods, okay, used to help foster transparency. We know that a lot of agencies around the country, I enjoy this phrase as well because we do want to be transparent in our policing. This helps us keep 
transparency, trust with the community, and it also opens up a direct line of communication. Why do you say that? Because again, the body cams allow people, the command staff, citizens with the proper paperwork put in and uh, court documents to be able to review that camera to see if said events really took place or if said events did not even happen. Body cams helps us look at that. Now, body cams were first deployed in the United Kingdom, okay, over a decade ago. In 2005, uh, the Devon and Cornwall Police Departments within the United Kingdom were uh, using these things widely, okay? They were the first departments, police departments around the UK and around the world to actually implement body cameras. They used those, they tested them out. The technology quickly grew across the United Kingdom and it uh, stretched to other parts of the country as well. Now, by 2010, over 40 UK police departments, United Kingdom police departments had implemented a body-worn camera system within their police departments. In addition, providing um, better evidence when it came to body cams, the Paisley and Aberdeen uh, body cam-worn project uh, was released in 2011, okay? And this proved to be a program that worked to help increase the public reassurance, public awareness, and it significantly reduced, significantly reduced and resolved complaints against officers that the citizens had launched. It also reduced the assaults on officers because now there's a camera involved. We can see play by play. And most times this could help a situation be what we call de-escalated due to the fact that there is evidence, okay, that it's going to depict every event, every second, every minute, every uh, moment, every hour to show exactly what the officer is faced against, okay? So this helped reduce the amount, of, uh, the amount of assaults that the officer would encounter, okay? Now, the affiliate reduction in paperwork resulted in more time on average for a police officers to remain on patrol because guess what? The evidence was there for them to go back and review. I spoke about that as it pertains to DWIs and other matters. So body cameras were beautiful. Now, when we brought this uh, particular technology to the United States, uh, which was allegedly said to really kick off in 2012, um, the police departments that really took aim at this and wanted to try this was the city of Rialto, uh, California, okay, Mezzo in Arizona, or I should say Meza, and also the city of Phoenix. They were trying out these body cameras to see if it was something that they were going to use department-wide. Ultimately, they did do that. Now, the study showed similar results to what the UK had conducted. And almost eight years prior to Rialto, the city of Rialto even implementing the body cams, they, um, within UK, saw a 88% reduction in complaints against law enforcement officers. Now, when Rialto started doing their um, studies, they also found that there was a huge reduction in law enforcement complaints against the citizens. Now, side note is to keep in mind that body-worn cameras are very costly, like we talked about earlier. It behooves every department to look for ways to be able to purchase body cams. Of course, your larger agencies, the larger the man presence there, which would mean a larger budget and a larger amount of body cams that would need to be purchased. Smaller agency would mean less. And just because the agency is small in nature, does not necessarily mean that they have the funding 
to support uh, a body-worn camera program, which is what and why we're going to talk about the grants that the federal government do offer, okay, to help offset the cost of body-worn cameras because this is a very good tool. I started off in the opening of this particular episode talking about that, okay? Now, back on September 21st, 2015, Attorney General Loretta Lynch announced that the United States Department of Justice had just dispersed $23.2 million in grants, again, see this, to help fund the body-worn camera research. Now, in 2023, the body-worn camera programs will be deployed in departments across the country. We are now in 2023. So this is why it is very important for agencies to jump on board and try to um, get as much funding they can to increase their body-worn camera division or program. Now, across the country, with a number of key objectives in mind, of which it is very important, and we must not forget the main goal within body-worn cameras, of course, to get play-by-play, but also it is a tool that is used to enhance the transparency and the trust between the law enforcement community and their citizens that they serve. Now, with tensions rising between law enforcement and the public, we we saw this all the way back to George Floyd, but we can even go further than that, okay? But in 2023, we saw one of the uh, most um, heinous crimes, I'm going to say, committed by sworn law enforcement officers outside of what we saw in California as it pertains in LA, as it pertains to the Rodney King beating. Of course, a lot of people compared the Memphis, Tennessee beating of Tyree Nichols way, they put it a threshold above the um, Rodney King situation. Now, let me be the first to say that is all up to your interpretation. It is all up to what you witnessed or what you saw. I am no way telling you that it was the greatest beating um, by law enforcement officers given to a citizen. I'm not going to say that, but what I will say it was very unprofessional. It was a mob style type of attack and no officer, whether male or female, black, white, blue, or green should ever go into their job, okay, on a day-to-day basis thinking about uh, ways to harm a citizen or take a citizen's life. That is not what law enforcement is. It is not what we do. I know I went on a tantrum, but I have to put disclaimers out there. In no way do I support any act of what those Memphis police officers did. Okay, But one of the main parts of a body-worn camera is to enhance and, again, to build that transparency and build up that trust level between law enforcement and community. Now, let me be the first to say also flip-flopping that to build up that trust between the community and law enforcement. In certain areas of our communities, there is a huge disconnect um, between the citizen and the law enforcement community, okay? So I'm just not going to put everything on the law enforcement community. Neither will I put all the blame at the citizens' uh, feet. But it, it is it must be a joint uh, cooperation, a joint coming together to build the community uh, up, a joint effort on both parts, okay? But we do want to reduce that tension between between the law enforcement community and the citizens, and the body-worn camera technology helps hold officers accountable. 
and also the citizens accountable when they're involved in conflict, disputes, um, domestic situations, whatever it may be. It also helps encourage the honesty of the officer and the citizen who is filing the complaint. Talked about that earlier with the body cam. We'll be able to see if said person is telling the truth or if they're lying on the officer. It will dispel all myths, all dishonesty, uh, false accusations between both parties, the law enforcement officer and the citizen. Now, back on January the 2nd of 2022, the National Institute uh, of Justice, NIJ, body-worn cameras were widely used by state and law enforcement agencies, according to their research, in the United States. They are worn principally to uh, garner the effort and the, 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 the support and the performance of the officer's duties that require an open and direct communication okay, between the public and the officer. Now, of course, despite the widespread growing um, adoption of the Body One programs, it, they have mixed concerns, mixed reviews, and mixed feelings about all this, okay? But some studies suggest that the Body One cameras may offer benefits, while others show that it may have a negative impact on benefits or um, no benefit at all. I would beg to differ to say now we need Body One cameras more than not because officers are getting complaints left and right, being sued left and right. This will help mitigate those particular incidents or complaints or allegations, okay? Now, the mixed results that were found in the study strongly imply that additional research is obviously needed. And going forward, there should always be research, okay? And I suggest that any police department that is looking to go forth of body cams, um, buy a few of them and let certain officers in different divisions try them out and try different body cameras to see what is best for your department. Because we have to keep in mind the storage, again, the cost, all these things weigh and play a huge factor, okay? And what we do want to see, like these studies have done, the implementation of the randomized, uh, randomized uh, control, it helps keep uh, incidents down. And so when it's time to go to trial, we'll be able to also, with proper paperwork and documentation, see exactly what encounters that officer had. Now, I want to discuss the body-worn cameras as it pertains to the Bureau of Justice uh, statistics. So now we want to move into the statistics of body cameras, okay, as that relate to. Back in November of 2018, the Bureau of Justice uh, statistics published a report on the use of body-worn cameras. Now, by law enforcement personnel, these agencies um, had some interesting results, okay? Now, 47% of general purpose of the law enforcement agencies that had acquired body-worn cameras for large departments say that they had a 80% uh, turnout. Now, among agencies that acquired body-worn cameras, 60% of local law enforcement departments and 49% of the sheriff's office had actually deployed body cameras. Now, again, these studies were released back in 2016, so we're in 2023. We have to realize there's more that has jumped on board. I'm even going to give you some um, numbers as it pertains to the state I'm in of North Carolina. To all my North Carolina podcast listeners, we'll be able to tell you what agencies within North Carolina have adopted the body warm program, but there's many more again, as of 2023. Now, among the um, 60% of local police officers and the 49% of sheriff's officers that deplored them, overall, the agencies that had acquired body-worn cameras uh, that were 29 body-worn cameras in service per 
100 full-time officers. So you see that, again, very pricey. You have to do the, you have to crunch the numbers, see what's uh, good. Not every person that makes up the law enforcement department or police department needs a body-worn camera. I would say a person who is working at the front desk of a police officer, uh, police, excuse me, police department as a front desk officer, maybe checking in people as they come through, maybe having people file reports, maybe not so much that person will necessarily need a body camera because there's cameras throughout the police department that will show, even audio in some cases, will be able to depict that uh, citizen and law enforcement connection. Um, I would venture out to say that uh, a detective wouldn't necessarily most likely wear a body-worn camera because, number two, most of the time when they're doing interviews, they're going to be recorded anyways, nine times out of ten, so not necessarily needed. But the heartbeat of the department would be patrol, their uh, specialized units, absolutely, SWAT team. They need these things because the high-risk levels of what they do and more of a high risk to have a complaint, okay? Now, uh, 50 to 100 by late 2017 was based on these studies as well. So they, were, they started to move up 50-50, okay, or 50 out of 100% of uh, departments were purchasing body cams. Now, 86% of general purpose of law enforcement agencies had acquired the body-worn cameras and had a former body-worn camera policy. I'm going to discuss that now. The president has implemented a law that he signed into place that Every police department should, if adopted to the body one camera policy, and he definitely did this for the federal government, you must um, also have a policy built in to address body one cameras. Here in North Carolina, a general statute was implemented and directed that every police department that operates and has a body one camera uh, program will also have a body one camera policy to go along with that. Now, agencies not using body-worn cameras stated cost, hardware um, acquisitions, the video storage. Of course, you need a lot of data, you need a lot of space to be able to store larger departments. Of course, you need more uh, system maintenance. All these things played a huge part in the mindset of agencies wanting to purchase body cameras. Now, I want to discuss some of the agencies within North Carolina that has, at this point, and I'm sure as many more, have adopted the body-worn camera. I want to start off with the sheriff's offices around this state, Chatham County Sheriff's Office, Durham County Sheriff's Office, Guilford County Sheriff's Office, Forsyth, uh, Rockingham, Randolph County, Davidson County, Alamance County. All of these particular counties had purchased body cams. Cumberland County has also jumped on board of the body-worn camera program, okay? They was able to obtain a grant of over $700,000, again, by the Department of Justice to even purchase body cameras. This uh, grant was um, taken out on December of 2021. They were able to have it approved in January of 2022, and they started out with 350 body-worn cameras. Now, in 2023, they were set to have them all arrive by December of 2022 and have all those cameras launched. I would imagine we are in March now of 23. I would imagine they have now had the opportunity to go ahead and um, implement their final testing, which February the 2nd of 2023 
which was last month, was their final testing that they would go through the phases of body-worn cameras, again, seeing which body cam was best for that particular department. Axon, was it uh, WatchGuard, and uh, many others to name out there of body-worn cameras, okay? Now, the police departments that have implemented body-worn cameras in the state of North Carolina are Raleigh Police, Cary Police, Garner Police, Apex Police, Morrisville Police, Roseville Police, Durham Police Department, Asheboro Police Department, Burlington, and these are just to name a few, okay? Many more have jumped on board. If you are very interested in finding out if your local police department or your uh, local sheriff's office does or do have a body-worn camera program in place, go to their website, and there you should be able to find it. They'll even have their policy listed as it pertains to when and not that they need to activate a body-worn camera. should give you information on how you can obtain uh, body-worn camera footage and those things. Now, I want to discuss the federal grant program, which is what, again, Cumberland County went through. Most agencies uh, apply for body-worn cameras to help offset, again, the cost of body-worn cameras because they're very pricey device. Now, the physical year of 2023, body-worn cameras and their policies uh, have an implementation program to support law enforcement agencies. Now, according to the federal government, right now, they are taking applications for a federally funded program to um, help offset, again, the cost for law enforcement departments around the country to purchase body-worn cameras. The deadline is set for April the 23rd. At 8.59 p.m., they will go on the deadline, and you have to already have your application placed, okay? Now, April the 11th, 2023, 8.59, the application of justice has a program as well. Um, their deadline is April 11th, 2023, at 8.59 p.m., and they stated here they're going to close that process on that date and time. Now, the description through the Opportunity to Parole of Justice Assistance seeks applicants uh, or applications for funding of law enforcement agencies, the prosecutor's office, correctional agencies, or any function that actually is serving or agency serving in law enforcement capacity. The functions to purchase or they have the ability to lease a body-worn camera, okay? Now, they want to expand the comprehensive body-worn camera programs with a specific demonstrated plan to um, go ahead and implement the technology to, to maximize the benefits of body-worn cameras. Now, the funding is underway, and it also supports the agency's existing body-worn camera program. So if you already have one um, and you still need to purchase more, you are eligible and able to also apply. I want to help the management, the, the sharing, and the integration of the digital evidence generated by the body-worn cameras. It optimizes the uh, how prosecutors leverage their body-worn camera footage to improve the operations or to have that footage enhanced for officers' training and the constitutional policy uh, practice that surrounds that body camera. Now, eligible applicants who are uh, obviously eligible to put in will be the the city or the township of governments, government uh, of county government, independent school districts, Native American tribal governments, public and state control institutions that offer higher education, the public housing authorities and Indian housing authorities, special district governments, state governments, and other state, county, and local agencies, okay, your correctional agencies, as well as your university and college agencies where they have a full-fledged police department that are 
handling the law enforcement functions. They're able to apply. Of course, again, prosecutor's office is able to apply specialized police forces. Again, your school district police forces, your transit police force in fishing and gaming, uh, wildlife, your um, state or regional consoriata. Um, is able to go ahead and apply, administrative agencies are able to apply, and I would employ that any department that need help and needs more funding to go ahead to these particular government websites and apply. Now, I want to discuss now, moving forward, I know this is packed full, I don't want to take all your time, but we want to move into uh, the public disclosure of body cameras, who and how you can obtain body cameras. Now, Go to your said state's um, making body of government, the General Assembly. Go to General Statutes and find out what the laws state there. It will detail, which I won't go all in deep into um, the process and when and how uh, body cameras should be activated. What are some of the legal ramifications surrounding body cameras? All that is made up within our General Statutes here in North Carolina. That General Statutes 132 dash. 1.4a in case some of you want to go back and read some of that now the state defines a body camera as an operational video or digital camera or uh, any other electronic device including that has a microphone or even uh, capabilities of a mechanism for allowing the the said video to be recorded audio captured Affixed to the uniform, of course, a person of law enforcement agency personnel who has positioned a camera in a way that allows the device to capture the interaction between the police officer and the citizen. Also talks about the custodial law enforcement agency to have the rights to lease or purchase body-worn cameras. Um, talks about dashboard cameras as well as included within this body of makeup as it pertains to body-worn cameras. And that is nothing more than an in-car camera that a police officer has uh, mounted to his usually window. Showed, <coughs> excuse me, shows the in-car um, interactions, outside um, interactions. Excuse me, got a little choked up there. We have so much information that my brain is releasing and my uh, mouth is saying, or my... Um, lips or whatever it may be are saying you're moving too fast so i want to continue to go forward but i also want to make sure that i'm giving you ample time to process everything that i'm saying and also my brain ample time to process everything that i'm saying now when you look at body worn cameras it is something that's very important because we have to understand the positioning um, of body-worn cameras. Obviously, a body-worn camera shouldn't be worn on a hat or your head. should be positioned in a place where it is probably at the chest level to be able to catch the proper interactions and the proper information that is needed to assess um, said incident, okay? Now... When you also look at the um, policy or general statute on body-worn cameras, it even breaks down what a recording is exactly. Again, a visual, the audio uh, of events that are being captured by that device from the body camera. It lays it out in detail exactly what that should be. Uh, this term shall include video and audio. It, it, it recordings of 
whether it be interviews out on the field, internal investigations, interrogation purposes, uh, suspect or witnesses, the release of information. Now, I have to set the record straight here now. Most people believe that they can just go ahead and get and obtain the information from a body-worn camera. That's not necessarily true. The public record and personnel re recording classifications um, are not public, according to General Statute 132-1. However, there are ways to be able to obtain body-worn footage when it is necessary to have it. Just And keep in mind, just because you want body camera footage don't mean you're going to be able to get it. There are ramifications, there are uh, detailed purposes of why such person would even need body-worn camera, okay? Now, the disclosure can and would be granted when you have requested a submission of the notarized form that is given and provided in subsection B2 of this section to the heads of the law enforcement agencies, whether it be your sheriff or your chief, okay? And portion of the recording in the custody of law enforcement agencies which would depict death or serious injury, bodily injury to be exact, a show uh, could and would be released upon a court order that of that subsection B3. Okay, be disclosed to a personal representative or a personnel or personal person. Well, going back, I should take out personnel. This is directly stating person who is deceased or have been injured and not able to make those decisions or make that grant or that request, person who's acting on the part of that um, said person, most likely a family member or a close friend as a representative to the deceased or injured person, can petition to have body-worn camera footage released if obviously that incident is tied to the reason why that person is incapacitated or is no longer living. Okay, now of that subsection B3, it shall be done by the agency in a private setting, okay? So it's not something that will just be done uh, automatically or broadcasted to the public. You want to do this in a private setting or at least have a sit-down conversation to discuss exactly the matters surrounding the incident and why one would even need it again. Now, a person who receives disclosure as ordered by the court pursuant to subsection B3 of this section should not record or make a copy of that video. So, meaning when you're sitting down watching the video with the uh, head of the department or whoever who's in charge or acting as a representative, you are not granted by law permission to record whatever that body camera has on it, neither visual or audio. You can only have the opportunity to listen and look at it at that moment. Okay, now except as provided in subsection B3 of this section, a portion of the recording that is relevant to the death or serious bodily injury shall be edited, okay, or redacted. Now, on the flip side of that, you can gain access of a person or officer's body-worn camera um, only for, again, specific reasons with the proper court order, all right? Now, generally, a court order that is uh, released is required. Recorders in the custody of law enforcement agency, agency shall only be released pursuant to that order. And that court order signed by a judge will um, lay and detail what information can be restored and recorded and reviewed. It also will detail exactly what moments 
that need to be reviewed of that particular body worn camera. Now, uh, as it pertains to the custodial of that law enforcement agency who has that body worn camera footage or any person requesting the release of a recording may file an action to the Superior Court, okay, in the county where the incident took place. The recording was made for the release also of that particular um personal recording has to be within that county superior court that you are petitioning the body camera footage to be even released. Now, the request for release must state the exact time and date, approximately either the time or date, or obviously someone knows the exact time, that's even better, of the events that were captured by the body camera. Otherwise, identified activity with reasonable, according to the General statute was particularly sufficient to identify the recording to which the actions referred to. So even if you may not know the exact time or date, given a reasonable roundabout moment or time on your court order should suffice. Now, determining whether the court order should be released um, of all or a portion of the recording, in addition to any standards the court deems relevant, the court shall consider the capability of all the following standards. The release is necessary to advance a compelling public interest. Uh, number two, the recording contains information that is otherwise confidential or exempt from the disclosure or release under state or federal law. Person requesting release is seeking to obtain evidence to determine legal issues in a current or potential court proceeding. Release will reveal information regarding a person that is of a highly sensitive personal nature Release may harm the reputation or jeopardize the safety of the person if the release would create a serious threat to the fair, impartial, and orderly administration of justice. And number seven, confidentially is necessary to confidentiality is necessary to protect either active or inactive internal or criminal investigations or potential internal or criminal investigations. Okay? There is a good call shown to release all portions of the recording. The court shall release only those portions of the recording that are relevant to that person's request and may place any conditions or restrictions. The court can, again, place any conditions or restrictions on the release of the recording that the court is in its discretion deems appropriate. Now, in, in the any proceeding pursuant to the subsection, the following person shall be notified and those persons or their designated representatives shall be given an opportunity to be heard at the proper time, at the proper proceeding. Now, I'll move on from this, but I want to lastly identify the agency's policies. Each law enforcement agency that, again, has implemented a body-worn camera policy or dashboard camera um, policy, again, in-car cameras, shall adopt the policy applicable to the use of their body-worn cameras. Again, it shall lay out the liability uh, when and when not the person needs, a law enforcement officer obviously, uh, needs to activate that camera. No civil liability shall arise from the compliance with the provisions of this section, provided that the acts or omissions are made in good faith. All you need is good faith of the officer and does not constitute gross negligence or willful or wanted misconduct or intentional wrongdoing. Okay, so that particular statute also embeds within some uh, restraints against civil liability. It gives us some immunity as law enforcement officers. If we're, again, acting in good faith, without malice, without wrongful intentions, uh, we're covered. 
meaning even when a person, family member of that person who has been injured seriously by the injuries or have died, uh, gives us the ability to maybe not be held accountable for what that person reviews and sees or in their mind deems to be a um, effect of why that family member friend had died. As long as the officer was acting in good faith, uh, they were not intentionally trying to harm said person, the law states we have immunity and it helps us not be civilly responsible, meaning that family member or friend, whoever has the estate in mind of victim can't sue. Now, as we do begin to wrap up, I hope that this episode was very informational. I don't want to take too much time. We have exhausted all our time, but I want to say that body cameras are here to stay and every agency should go ahead and jump on board and obtain a policy, obtain a body cam and make your agency great. Hold your officers accountable for things that they're doing. Put body cameras out there. If you have a lot of complaints, body cameras will help solve a lot of incidents. Now, Biden, President Biden mandated all federal agencies implement a body one camera program. And he signed this bill into law. Okay. Back on May of 2022, it was to enhance the um, accountability of policing and strengthen the public safety community, according to what that was about. Now, listen, I want to say to you, I want to say to all, I always love bringing these episodes to you. I always enjoy thoroughly bringing information to you that will enhance the mindset and give a better understanding of what officers go through. Today's episode was centered around body-worn cameras. As we see across the nation as a whole, there are things taking place that officers have been held accountable for in some aspects they may have not even done, and in some aspects they have committed very heinous crimes, and they should be judged, and they should be looked at accordingly. Now, I want to say just because officers wearing a body camera does not make him or her a dishonest person. It does not make that person um, more scrutinized because they have one on. It does not make you as a citizen to have in mind that that officer is a bad cop. What that says when an individual is wearing a body-worn camera, that number one, their police department has implemented a body-worn camera program. And number two, they want to have open lines of communication of transparency and consistency and trust, and they want to get back to community policing. Thirdly, it opens up a door to when complaints are granted or uh, are launched, that said agency will be able to uphold what the citizen is saying or deny that complaint. Why? Because eyes and ears are watching. So I say to one, I say to all, okay, in the law enforcement community, continue to build that trust, continue to have those open dialogues, continue to seek a body-worn camera program to help minimize the complaints, to help minimize uh, allegations, to help minimize the disconnect between law enforcement and the citizens. When you pull together that body-worn camera, you bridge that gap because now, again, we're going to spot it one more time. Transparency and the open lines of communication and trust have been um, brought to light. And saying that to say this, I hope that you thoroughly enjoyed this show. And until we meet again, 
I would ask that God continue to bless our United States. I would ask that God will continue to bless our men and women that are serving in our armed forces. I would even ask God to continue to bless the law enforcement community as a whole and that every law enforcement officer out there will be protected. And until we do it again, I pray you have a safe day and you have a safe night. Until the next episode, I'll see you.